these days, the temptation to give up, whether it's the pursuit of a promise, a dream, a relationship, a goal, or a role, is stronger than ever. How do you keep going when you're exhausted and everything feels over or even hopeless? Well, God's given me some insight that you need to know. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, author of the book Shut Up Devil, creator of the Shut Up Devil app. I'm all about shutting down those lies and struggles that keep you from thriving and God's design for your life. And I'm here to do it every single week with a live online audience, and I'd love for you to join me and everybody that tunes in with us. We have a great community here, live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org live. Well, I've been in my own ministry now for almost a decade. At first it was part-time, and then it went full-time. And looking back, it's all very rewarding for sure. But that's looking back. In the process of getting here to today, do you know how many times I felt like giving up? I've lost count. Probably hundreds of times, seriously. Starting with like the very first month into it, I almost quit after the enemy plagued me with threats and accusations of why I wasn't good enough and qualified enough. I felt like quitting after my first book proposal was rejected. There was this long season, it seemed like, when I was working practically from Sunrise to sunset with little financial support and the bank account was dwindling. The juice did not seem worth the squeeze. I felt like quitting. And I could go on and on and on with examples, I think. But thankfully, I didn't. We all battle the temptation to give up, especially these days. And it doesn't matter what level you're at or what stage of the journey you're in. Plenty of people in Scripture battled this too. Maybe the best story is of Israel's journey to the Promised Land. God had freed them miraculously from their slavery to the Egyptians, like He did signs and wonders and split the sea so that they could walk through it on dry land, supplied for them out of thin air. I mean, what more evidence could you ask for that God was with them? Yet all along the journey, they grumbled and mumbled and complained and even sometimes threatened to go back to Egypt. Even when they had reached the very edge of the promised land, after being on the journey for 40 years, they had heard a report that there were giants in the promised land. And you'd think that after all they'd seen God do in 40 years, that this wouldn't have been a worry. But you know what they said? You got to see it. You got to read the story for yourself, but I'll just show you in Numbers 14.4 what they said here. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Forty years into the journey, let's go back to Egypt. They felt like giving up. 
Now, thankfully, they didn't. But as you watch or listen, are you battling the temptation to give up? Maybe it's like I experienced or Israel experienced. You're battling the temptation to quit the pursuit of a God-given promise or a dream. Or maybe to quit enduring a job. Or maybe something more relational. Are you tempted to quit the struggle with the difficult spouse or to quit contending in faith or patience that God will bring your prodigal home? So what do you do when you feel like quitting? How do you get past the temptation, the lethargy, the depression? It's often the question, what do I have to do? Right? A lot of people will say, try harder. More grit. Really white knuckle it until you get through. Well, I say that's a pretty great way to burn out, especially if you're already weary. So I'm not going to give you a bunch of do's. I'll share a few simple things, practical things toward the end of this message, just helpful things, I think. But ultimately, I'm sharing what you need to know. Because it's how you think that's going to get you past any feeling, really. As I always say, what you think affects how you talk, it affects how you walk. It all starts in your head. The first thing that you need to know is the source of this desire to quit. And I'm not talking about like, I feel this way because I'm discouraged or disappointed or because I'm exhausted or because I feel like I'm not good enough or because this all seems hopeless or impossible. Those, those are just things that build into this feeling to quit. They influence the desire to give up. But they're all, this thing is all rooted in one place, one person. It's the enemy. You got to remember who is the source of this. It's the enemy. He's the one who wants you to feel this way. The devil's number one goal is to get between you and God's plan for you. Now, of course, God's greatest plan for you is Jesus. That's what really matters. But if the enemy can't keep you from being saved, then he wants to keep you from living saved. And part of the life of a Christian is that God gives us promises. He plants dreams and desires into our hearts. These aren't the source of our identity. They aren't the foundation of our salvation. But if God has given you something to do or have, it's to enrich your life and maybe the lives of others. And the devil just wants to frustrate that and try to make you as miserable as he possibly can while you're here on earth. And a big way that he does it, that he makes people miserable, is with feelings. Which is why you have to know that feelings are not facts. God created feelings to be a guide. The enemy exaggerates them to be your master. And oh, they can seem real, and they can be based on real things. That's how he deceives us. That's why Israel almost turned around and went back to Egypt after 40 years. They had heard there were giants in the land. 
those giants were real. They were really strong. No doubt about it. They were bigger than Israel. And that reality sparked an insecurity in the people that they didn't have what it takes to defeat the giants. They got focused back on themselves. They got back in their heads. And sure, in and of themselves, they didn't have what it takes. Like I said, the giants were bigger and stronger. But they had God. And he was greater than everything else. And he had certainly proven plenty times before to them that he was enough. But their feelings clouded their memory of all of that. I cannot stress this enough. Just because you feel something doesn't make it true. There are so many things, so many things that influence feelings. A few weeks ago, I awoke to just a lethargic feeling. Like I just didn't feel like I wanted to do much of anything. And I couldn't shake it all day. I was supposed to write. I tried to write. I wrote a little bit. And then I'm like, ugh, I just don't want to do this. The motivation wasn't there. I was tired. I was passionless. And the thought in that moment crossed my mind, is this all worth the effort that I am putting in? <laughs> and then you know what I remembered? I remember that I had just gotten back from a couple weeks of travel where, admittedly, confession time, I kind of fell off the bandwagon a bit in my diet. It's easy to do when you're traveling. It's easy to do when I'm traveling. And so, this morning when I woke up feeling all lethargic and demotivated, I realized was because I was now in a couple weeks of like eating less sugar and carbs to try to kind of balance out my diet from the few weeks before while I was traveling. So my lack of energy and interest and passion weren't evidence of why I should quit. They were evidence that my body was detoxing. <laughs> So I'm telling you, most of the time, your feelings are an indicator of something totally opposite of what you think in the moment. And it's definitely not an indicator that you should quit, which is why you should never make a decision when you're tired or lethargic or really when you're feeling any extreme emotion. Never make a decision when you're feeling an extreme emotion because that is when you'll make a decision based on a lie. And that's just what the devil would want. What those feelings ought to be an indicator of is that it's the time to review how you got here. That's what snapped Israel out of the spell of their feelings. Finally, Caleb, he spoke up and he reminded them that God is with them. Like I said, their feelings had clouded them to that, making them forget his power and everything he'd done along the way. That he was the one that promised them that they would get to this land. So Caleb says here in Numbers 14, verse 9, 
but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. He reminded them of the truest thing ever. The Lord is with us. That's what usually snaps me out of the feeling of giving up. I remember the promise, and I think back on the milestones of what God did to get me here, which always outweighs the disappointments when I really spend time to think about them. And there are disappointments, no doubt. I mean, we all have them. This is life. I will admit that my journey to here right now as I'm talking to you has been filled with a whole lot of turns that I didn't expect. And it would be easy to focus on all the ways that I've been let down along the way. But if I did, then I'd surely want to quit just out of a hopeless feeling that it would give me. And that's because what you think about colors how you see. I've taught this before. It's in the mind-mouth connection chapter of my Shut Up Devil book. But your brain determines more of what you see than your eyes do. Your eyes simply send the pictures to your brain. But your brain tells the rest of you what the picture is and what it means. Well, if you only focus on the disappointments in your journey, then your brain will learn to interpret everything you see as disappointment. And it doesn't matter how good it looks. You're going to see it as negative. That's why some people look at a glass that's half full like this and see it half empty instead of half full. It's, it's how the brain is programmed to interpret things. Well, you look through a lens of disappointment and that's going to have you wanting to quit in no time. So write this on a post-it note and stick it to your mirror or write it on your hand or turn it into a wallpaper for your phone's lock screen. Whatever you have to do to remind yourself, when I feel like I want to quit, remember what God did to get me here. Think about God's goodness and you'll begin to see His goodness all around you. Really, regardless of what's going on around you, you'll be able to see His goodness in it. I'm telling you. It's, it's pure and simple biology, really. It's the way God designed the mind. Now, I briefly mentioned this earlier, but it's so important that I elaborate. When you feel like you want to give up, you have to remember that your identity isn't in what you do. And your standing with God isn't in what you do either. Too many of us, and I was one of them, make the dream, the goal, the promise, the person, the foundation of our significance and worth. So much so that when things don't quite go as we think they should have, when we aren't making any progress or we've actually gone backward, we fear what it means about us or what it means about us and God. Well, friends, that's a high-stakes kind of pressure that you weren't designed to live under. Scientifically, that kind of pressure actually puts your body in danger mode, which makes you weaker, not stronger. You've heard of choking under pressure, right? Well, the reason we choke is because of the real or perceived, it doesn't matter, the real or perceived pressure that everything's on the line. So please hear me. Colossians 2.10 
says that you are complete through your union with Christ. I'll say that right into you. You are complete through your union with Christ. Everything you do should flow from that completion, not for that completion, from that completion. When you know that you are already complete in Christ, then the pursuit of a promise, a dream, a calling, a life, a role, a goal, whatever, is done out of joy. It's just joy because there's no pressure because that is not going to complete you because you're already complete. So in this way, if something doesn't go as planned, it's not a deep personal hit that puts you into an existential crisis. Remember, what happens on the way to where you're going is actually what gets you where you're going. Because it was all accounted for when God gave you the promise or put you into the role. If you know that you know that you know that God said your prodigal child is going to return home, then you should also know that God knew what he would go through on the way to getting home. God isn't surprised that he took that bad turn. God isn't surprised that he fell to this over here. It was all accounted for in the promise that God will bring the pass. It's the same if God told you to open that business. He's not surprised by the financial shortfall you're experiencing today. The economy didn't catch him off guard. Inflation doesn't cause him to reconsider. It's all been factored into the outcome. If God put you in that role, whether it's as a parent or a role at your job, your career, whatever, he did it knowing your weaknesses and inadequacies. Those aren't what count you out. Not out of the promise. They are what actually make you the person for the promise. God saw you with those things when he made the promise. He sees the end from the beginning, okay? This makes me think of Abraham and Sarah. You know their story? God promised them a child and then descendants, as many as the stars in the sky. That's a lot, by the way. Problem is, Sarah was barren. But God knew this. It was already factored in. And part of it is, I think, that God knew that it, when it would come to pass, it would make the promise all the better for them and for those of us who are inspired of it. So many years later, who are still talking about the story. So my point is, in all of these examples and in all of these very real situations, None of the challenges, obstacles, and difficulties are reasons to give up. No, they are already baked into the recipe that will produce the promise. Remember this scripture. It's what Paul reminded the Philippians of regarding their maturity in the faith. And I believe it applies to our progress towards what God has for us too. It's Philippians 1.6. Paul says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will complete it, will continue it until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. 
So when it's taking longer than you thought and is harder than you imagined, remember the plan is still in place regardless of what it takes. And let me also say this, and this is going to be more important for some of you than it is for others. Quick and easy isn't always a sign of God's blessing. Long and difficult isn't always a sign of God's opposition. I know there's this notion that's kind of crept into the modern church that you can quickly discern if something is of God based upon whether or not it's instantly funded or all the obstacles are cleared out right away. But that's just not the truth. You can't get that from Scripture. Probably you get the opposite a lot of times from Scripture. But please don't interpret tight finances or difficulties as a sign that the Lord doesn't want you somewhere. God doesn't promise an easy path. He promises to empower you on the path. Consider what God promises people through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 43, 19, he said, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The promise wasn't that the wilderness would be removed or that the desert would be replaced. The promise was a way through what looks impossible. The promise was provision where everything seems empty. The promise is, in whatever situation, obstacle, or difficulty you face, God will bring you through. Okay. I told you that I have some simple practical tips that might be helpful, but let me just recap what you need to know when you feel like giving up. Number one, it's who's the source. The enemy is the one who wants you to give up. Number two, feelings aren't facts. They are indicators. And let them indicate to you to think about what God did to get you here. Number three, your identity and position with God isn't in the promise. It's not in the goal. It's not in the role. It's not in what you do. You are complete in Christ. Everything else, everything you do should flow from that because that's the source of joy. Number four, quick and easy is not always a sign of God's blessing. And long and difficult isn't always a sign of God's opposition. Whatever you have to get through, the promise is that the Lord will be the one who's with you to get you through. He empowers you on whatever path, whatever terrain you have to face. Now, on to some practical tips. These aren't laws that I'm going to give you, but they are life lessons. You know, Proverbs is a book full of practical, life-tested wisdom. So obviously God places value in that, which is why he included it in Scripture. Sometimes you just need to hear what's been helpful to other people. So I've just got a couple things here for you. It's been helpful for me. When I was writing this book right here, Shut Up Devil, it's my most recent one, I remember telling people just 
how smooth the writing process was going for most of the book. Then as I got into the last month before my deadline, which is when I began the last chapter of the book, man did that change. I hit a bad writer's block. And I rewrote that last chapter twice and just wasn't feeling it. And for a little bit, I didn't see the path forward. The pressure was clouding my mind. And believe it or not, in the fog of those feelings, I was tempted to give back the contract. I mean, even though I had written 13 of the 14 chapters, kind of like Israel, they'd been in 40 years. I was just at the edge of the promise. And I was like, I'm just going to stop. Too much stress. I can't do this. You know what helped? Getting out of my head and into someone else's. What do I mean by that? God kept putting another book on my mind. And when I write, I don't like to read other people's books because I don't want to be influenced by them and I don't want to get into comparison mode. So I do my research beforehand. But when I'm actually writing, I don't really like to read other people's books. So I kept resisting. Until one day, I awoke at 3 in the morning. And this book again popped immediately into my mind. So I'm like, all right, obviously this is something the Lord wants me to do. So I gave in. And I'm telling you something about just getting out of my head and my thoughts and reading someone else's renewed my passion to where I rewrote the chapter in a matter of a few days. What you see is the last chapter in this book came out of that. You know, in Scripture, God encourages people to continuously retell the miracles that He did while on their way to the Promised Land. He said, tell the generations so that they don't forget. Well, this was to keep them encouraged, to get them out of their head when they face difficulties. To inspire them, keep them inspired with stories of others. Often, when you're feeling like giving up, that's just what you have to do. Read a book. Listen to a message. Talk to someone who's been through what you're going through and let their story of getting through inspire you. Something else that helps me is to focus on daily wins. This is especially helpful for those who are working toward huge goals, like whether that's in relationships, business, weight loss, you name it. Because it's easy to feel discouraged when you are on step five of what seems like a thousand steps. And the reward can sometimes seem so far away that you don't even know where to begin or that you're not sure it's worth the effort. Focus on today. Focus on the one or two or few little steps that you can take today. I don't care how small they are. Because as long as you do that, 
you will find that those small daily steps lead you somewhere. And the accomplishment of those small steps gives a sense of accomplishment that keeps you going. Some of you know of John Maxwell. He's a Christian leadership author and speaker. I used to work at the church that he was a teaching pastor at. Well, he's famous for talking about the law of momentum. It's part of his 21 laws of leadership. Basically, when something gets set in motion, it tends to stay in motion. That's physics as well. But it doesn't have to be a huge motion. It doesn't have to be a heavy push. It just has to be a little motion. Just something. And things then tend to stay in motion. The momentum keeps kind of snowballing, and that keeps you going. Some of you follow Dave Ramsey. In paying down debt, he recommends starting with the small debts. Now, I know that there are some people who criticize him for saying that. But he's, he's just teaching this because he knows human nature, that a little success often tends to keep people encouraged enough to keep people keeping on. Because if he were to recommend most people to go after their largest debts, well, that might take a long time to pay down, and they're going to give up along the way. So if he can get people to just start with the smallest one that maybe takes a month, that will give them a sense of accomplishment that keeps them going. Whatever you do, know this. The ability to keep going when you feel like giving up is more about grace than grit. If you feel condemned, you'll quit. If you feel already disqualified, you'll quit. If you feel too far gone, you'll quit. Think about Israel on the way to the promised land. They grumbled, complained, threatened to turn back. How many times? The journey took far longer than God intended, yes, but they got there. God promised Abraham and Sarah a child. They waited about 15 years or so and gave up, took matters into their own hands, and Abraham had a child with his concubine Hagar instead. They messed up. They gave up, but God didn't revoke his promise. About another 15 years later, at the ripe old age of 100, Sarah had Isaac. So listen, or Abraham was 100, Sarah wasn't 100, but Abraham was 100 when Sarah had Isaac. So listen, your journey isn't going to be perfect. Don't hold yourself to that standard. You'll only buckle under the pressure of it. When you make missteps, don't fret. You might find yourself lost in a forest that you can't see your way out of. But God is a master of making a way in the wilderness. You might be staring into an empty bank account or at a spouse that wants out. But God is a master of producing rivers in the desert. 
You might even decide to take a pause, step down or aside. Like Abraham and Sarah, you might give in to your feelings and give up. But know that failure is never God's final answer. You just keep your eyes on Him, stay in communication with Him, and He'll take it all and remake it all into something that gets you right where He wants you. I'm telling you, when it comes to a promise, the weight rests far more on the Lord's shoulders than it does on yours. And the good news is, those are shoulders that can handle the weight. Now, I just want to encourage you. Hebrews 12.1 It assures that there's a race marked out for you. A unique race. Something that's different. It doesn't look like someone else's. The path, the terrain, isn't going to be the same. So when you're running toward that goal or vision or dream, don't look around at somebody else's path and then doubt your own. Their milestones aren't yours. Only God holds the measuring stick of your success. So today, if your journey has you weary, know that heaven has your back. Hear me. This is for you. Now is not the time to escape your race. It's the time to embrace your race. I'm cheering for you, and I know heaven is too. Okay. Here's how I can help you beyond this message. I have a four-part teaching series called Discovering God's Plan for You. This series is for two kinds of people. Those who are pursuing a promise or dream that you've already discerned. You're on the path to it. And for those who have no clue, but desperately want something to pursue. If you are in either of those groups, this series is going to help bring clarity where there's confusion and satisfaction where there's disappointment. Discovering God's Plan for You is available on my website at kylewinkler.org slash God's Plan. The series includes four messages on audio, how to discover God's plan for your life, why is God taking so long, seven do's and don'ts while you wait on God's promises, and signs versus silence. This is two hours of audio teaching which you can access instantly when you request the downloadable version. Again, it's available on my website at kylewinkler.org slash God's plan. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil show. Remember, God is good and he is for you and we're here for you too every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast and wherever you get your social media. Don't forget, wherever you're watching or listening, tap that subscribe or follow button so that You never miss a show. See you next time.